Today's podcast is with Peter from Fruit Forest Farm. It is amazing. It blows my mind. This guy has so much emotional attachment to what he does that you are going to experience a slight pause or a quiet moment. So hang in there for that because what happens after is truly amazing. Great guy, great farmer, great family. Enjoy. Thank you for having us. I know you're the busiest guy in the world and you have just given us a tour of your beautiful tropical farm, uh, fruit forest farm. Um, You are, by all accounts, what I've been told by several people, probably, and I know you won't take this, this, you're one of the best tropical fruit growers in the country. And I know you're not going to go, yes, I am. But uh, by all accounts, I've heard that several, several times. And today, after going around the farm and seeing all the stuff that I we saw today, all these beautiful, amazing fruits, the different jackfruits, the breadfruits, the guayma pinks, the this, the that. Um, tell me a day in the life of Peter. Oh, good, good one. Yeah, we, uh, we get up with the birds. Yeah, tea in the morning. Yep. Uh, coffee at Smoker. I really look forward to that coffee. <laughs> and we have, we get it. We try and live up market. So the shed crew, the, our team is like our family basically. We've got the best coffee we can buy that we can source within reason. And we've just changed from tea bags for the tea drinkers in the shed to plunger daintree tea. Oh. We always drink daintree tea. That we reckon it's the best taste-wise anyway. So Alice and I have a cup of tea for breakfast. Then. If it's dry time, like you talked about, first thing is have about two mouthfuls of tea and come and change the water from one block to another or check stuff out. And might be pollinating dragon fruit or in, or other things, do a bit of pollinating, check what's out, then I'll go up and have breakfast before the crew turn up. Then we're in it. So it's a pretty big day. But I, I think uh, I've got a passion for it. It's not, it's not just work, it's a lifestyle. And the thing about farming is... It's, you just have to do what needs to be done at the right time, and nature dictates that. The mm. weather, which is unpredictable these years, uh, you just got to go with the flow. Mm. And if the fruit needs, if something has to happen with the fruit, I've got that first priority, like family obviously comes first and people, but second would be getting it right with the crop. So if something needs water or there's mowing to do or something like that, I will do it. Or picking, yeah, we just... Uh, do that, but Smoko is always at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, local people know now that tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, it's usually a big one. Local fellas, we don't have a, a men's shed, we have a coffee time on Saturday morning, so they know nine o'clock's the time, and there'll be a, a fair few of the local fellas come around. We have a good cup of coffee and gin work. Weekdays, we uh, Smoko's at nine o'clock, everyone comes back in, uh, we have a good chat. And we go back to work. Some of our crew only work half a day and then go back because they've got other things they do, their own farms or whatever. And then the afternoon, uh, Warren still stays here. And generally, I'll try and have a, a bit of a, not a siesta, but I'll have a decent break till about 2 o'clock in the heat. And I think that's something we do wrong in the tropics. Mm. A lot of people work too much in the heat of the day. Mm. But because we live on farm, I'll work then till dark or after dark. That's yeah. the best time of day. Whereas a lot of the big banana farms and a lot of farms, people don't live on farm, they live in town, so they have to travel and they can't do that. But yeah. I'm a bit old school. I think living on the property, you get a feel for it. You've got, you felt the feel for it today. Oh, straight away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
like you line the driveway and you know the beautiful fruit and they're all different mangoes all different mangoes and mango species so that's yeah. a fruit salad before you get 100 meters in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's where the cassowary is hanging you might even see one crooked but we we enjoy what we do we have a passion about it because the diversity of flavors we have in the tropical fruit lines is phenomenal and nutrition wise too for the general public there's so many different nutrients in so many different fruits like you tasted koi muck and that that mangosteen on steroid sort of taste that's got a lot of goodies in it yeah. sour sop like some of those things are just so good for you compared to a junk food or pro- heavily oh, processed food. And, and and taste better as well yeah they're just a and they're probably wow cheaper per kilo as well. And you work out what a bloody yeah. 80 gram chocolate's worth. I mean, it's probably probably a much better option financially as yeah. well. Yeah, it is. And we're getting, we get prices that I never dreamed of when we first started. Like we got into tropical fruit and people, a lot of people said we were mad. You either grow cane or bananas or you have cattle in this region. And people thought we were on the fringe. Yeah. We've been laughed at for a long time, but some of the crazy dollars we get, high prices, but... Mm. They're not high prices compared to what people pay for lobster or abalone or yeah. some of those, or coral trout. Yeah. And yeah. So we can go and catch coral trout pretty easy on the reef here, and we don't see <laughs> that as a high-priced item. But if you're a consumer in the city, coral trout's a very expensive thing. Yeah. And I think our fruit, good fruit, is really hard to beat a lot of the time. So I think we have to think a bit differently. So me and you are going to get together and try and educate as many people as we can. We're going to do lots of videos, and you already do videos and um and uh, photos and stuff on you and educational stuff on your in- Instagram and um, I'm really looking forward to trying to teach people and and learn myself about all the wonderful products that we've got here like you know um, today you know I saw the Memi Sapoti and uh, like how many different fruits do we see today it must have been how many different fruits do you have here do you even <laughs> we know? really don't know yeah, and yeah. I was saying to Nick this we, we went past stuff like there's a co- there's a cola nut with fruit on it for the first time which is where Coca-Cola came from yeah right it's an African nut you saw the safus. Uh, I find one in my pocket. No, I've got the safus no. in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So there's different stuff all the time, and I think we sort of we've got different stuff coming online that keeps it interesting because every year there's new stuff that we haven't tasted before. Sorry, can you backtrack? Do you say tell me about the Coca-Cola thing? Uh, the cola nut. It's got we've got a cola nut tree we just yep. planted in the windbreak where the yeah. pie mucks were. Yeah, yeah. And it's got its first fruit this year. There's there's pods hanging on it, and that's that's what Coca-Cola was originally made from. The col that's what cola as in the soft drink, is made from because of the high caffeine level. So we've got things like that coming for different reasons and different... It's mind-boggling. We'll never get bored. I'm 65 now and I still think that till the day I'll do it, there'll be new stuff. Can I tell you, when I got here today, I felt like I'd known you my whole life. Like, and I, and I, We've never spoken on the phone. We might have translated a little bit through Instagram and Ethan and a few other guys have talked about you. But I felt like I'd known you my whole life and, and um, you know, that's how welcoming and friendly and homey this place is. So... Um, I know you do farm tours every now and again, um, so you know if anyone is wanting to do that, you would absolutely be crazy. It'd be worth flying in from bloody other side of the world to come and see this, um, because I, I nearly, as you saw, I nearly cried doing that video, <laughs> because I just do know how much work goes into a lot of this stuff and how sometimes mm. things get thrown around in markets and are not super appreciated. Now mm. I get to work with some of the best chefs in the country and i can't wait to uh show some of them this stuff like these guys are super busy as you know and they're always uh wanting the best gear and and trying to let the product do the talking if that's not the latest trend then um, i'll be very very surprised but 
this fruit, you do not have to do too much with it. And that's almost a problem for chefs because it's so good that almost embarrassed to say, well, all right, what can I do with this? It's so good. You spoke about a guy with the uh, hazelnut ice cream inside the jackfruit. Mm. That's their job, guys. So if you're a chef out there, I challenge you to, to try and make these things a dessert. And I dare say you will take that challenge and run with it and you'll have a heap of success. Because if you're in Queensland, we often look at European mushrooms and all sorts of things. But we've got these fantastic products here. And we're sort of always looking to Europe and other places for inspiration. The inspiration is right here, right now with Peter's Farm and many other growers up here. But there are so many things. Let's rip through a couple of the beautiful products like, you know, let's talk about those mango steens. When is the best time of year for those from your farm? Uh, generally speaking, probably March, March till June this year, the North Queensland crop will be on. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be on. And we learn about um, um, uh, Relinia and what about those cherries? Those little the Gromachama. Gromachama. The Quomuck chefs would have. We, we really love, love watching MasterChef and the creativity some people do. Yeah. The Aussie chefs, generally speaking, is phenomenal. Yeah. And where the chefs have the skill is knowing how to match, say, plantain chips like we oh, just had. Oh, yeah, we just had for lunch. With the right chips, dip yeah. or the right other things. Yeah. They know the flavour combinations or breadfruit chips or breadfruit done in different ways. I think, you're right, Graham. I think some of the chefs, Aussie chefs, will have a real picnic with this stuff. Yeah. Because no one else in the world really has... It's not the diversity. We went to Costa Rica. They didn't know what a Rolinia was. Amazon really? custard apple, lemon really? meringue thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's different areas haven't transferred their own stuff, whereas we've got the whole lot here. It is amazing. I mean, I am in the fruit game. We're in the fruit game for a long time before I'd seen a Rolinia. Mm, there's like, not many around. We, no. uh, Rusty's marketing cans, they just can't get enough, and they ask for it all the time. But yeah, it's strange that even though cans is only a couple of hours or less away, yeah. The transport we can actually get them to brisbane to you cheaper yeah right, right of the time yeah okay because they go on a pallet with the other fruit yeah to brisbane so yeah uh, and it's refrigerated and it's easier and people will pay that little bit extra yeah in brisbane to what they'll pay at rusty's but they they go for them Relinia, the champa deck was another one like oh. how's that so, you know, it is still my favourite, favourite fruit. And, um, you, know, you know, you open it up, you get those little balls in there. And as I said in the video, you know, if we've already played the video or not, I don't know. But the, the deep fried is, um, you know, they deep fry them in different countries with batter. And then you can eat the seed as well. Um, and then, like, really, you could cut a linear in half and put that on a plate on a piece of ice and just eat it with a beautiful spoon. And that's dessert. Yeah. I, and like I said before, it almost puts chefs out of a job because it, it doesn't need to be done simply now. Uh, steak and oyster, SK, whatever you want to call it in Brizzy, they, they do that. They just grab the best fruit and they just put it on the plate and they get the best lobsters and the best meat and they do that sort of thing with it. There's, um, there are people who are just going, you know what, deal's done. Mm. Abiyu, another great example of that. Yeah. You know? Another thing getting back to jackfruit, Graham, is uh, if you did take the seed out and put uh, hazelnut ice cream or something similar inside that fruitlet, the seeds boiled in salty water are great. You can make a dip or anything it's it's a beautiful tasting yeah right so we yeah, get to use the whole use crop seed. as well yeah everything by the skin so. so i mean i know there's different jackfruit flavors but you know give me a quick rundown of the different flavors of jackfruit as far as you see it well the new one malibu we sort of got a pineapple co coconut taste and a great aftertaste it's still sweet and a little bit of tang uh, amber's a bit like that too it's got not just sweet it's got a diversity of flavors that's that nice amber color one yep. yeah juicy fruit chewing gum is sort of the smell that and yeah juicy, wrigley's actually got juicy fruit chewing gum flavor and smell from jackfruit and then 
made it artificially. So we've had a, a, a juicy yeah. fruit reference and a Coca-Cola reference yeah. from these beautiful things. These guys were onto it well before everyone. <laughs> they were, yeah, really. And I think there's probably more trialling done early on. But I think um, the big fruit industries, where which are mostly like the custard apple industry, for instance, more subtropical growers. And yet we've got, you saw the Soncoya and different custard apples mm. types we've got there, like the Rolinia. Yeah, they're... Not many people have grown them well in the in the tropics before. Yeah, transport hasn't been good as good. Refrigeration and packaging hasn't been as good, and that's all changing. Yes, and people want to eat healthier. So yeah, I think we've just got to work on getting the best varieties we can, and growing them better. And we're getting better all the time. It spins us out. Like we're here all the time, and there's still the crew come back. Everyone enjoys working here, and they just get excited about it, like we do. Mm. And they come back, and oh, there's this, and look at that, and it is literally like Christmas, like really. It is, yeah. I mean, every turn of the corner in the back of the the truck was <laughs> like it was like Christmas. Once we dodged those, um, what are they called? Those wait a while, wait a while that catch you and rip you up. Yeah. Um, you know, you get around the corner, you nearly get hit in the head by a jackfruit. Um, it is amazing. Um, what are your? Give me your top ten. I know there's like hundreds of things growing here. Give me your top ten. My favourites. Yeah. Durian would clearly be the number one, and they vary between varieties. Tell me about what you said before. Yeah, sorry to cut you off there, but what, tell me what you said up there about the addiction type stuff as well. It's, it's um, the durian fruit is, if you look at an analysis, the DNA is more complex than ours, I've been told, as a, as a tree. Um, the nutrient levels of everything are really high, so it's a very rich fruit. Our domestic cat eats durian, and cats just don't eat fruit of any type. They're not going to eat a banana, but cats the finicky things and they eat durian as if it's normal tigers and elephants in the wild fight over durian wow so that's why it has a smell so wild animals can find it and orangutans and the like spread the seed so when i believe when we eat it when you first taste it it's too strong it's like when i was a kid um salami and some of those richer italian foods garlic even were not what we were used to growing up on meat and three veg sort of thing yeah and I've seen it, my mate of mine said, if you tried the urine, the way to do it is you spread a bit on a jazz cracker. So your head's thinking savoury. So that you think, oh, that's not too bad. It's like a French onion dip or a strong cheese or whatever. Yeah. And then you get a bit of a taste. And then you taste a little bit more and a little bit more. And then all of a sudden you get hooked. It just grabs you and you become addicted. So your body's sort of saying, that's good for you. Eat it. Subconsciously. Your body just tells you that it's good and you want it. So walking through there, that smell you were saying about the smell before, how triggers you can pick, it, yeah. triggers that triggers that reaction. And Chempedak to, to has one, a similar thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I got the Chempedak fever. Um, <laughs> you got it quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had had it before. One, it was probably one of yours. Ethan gave it to me, and um, I did a video on it a year or so ago, and, mm. and I loved it then. That, uh, as he said, twenty-four sugars in a coffee, and uh, that coffee caramel, caramel, yeah, flavor, yeah, um, yeah. The they they are all just every single one but um the durian yeah i i did I, the first time i ever tasted one was actually on a video it was like mm, gonna taste it now and that's you know and i didn't quite get there <laughs> but later on i was trying to be cool with my tropical fruit mates and i thought well i better have a bit more and really try this and i could see all of a sudden i was straight away valuing it the same as lobster yeah, yeah. and that's what that's people sort of that's what people sort of do and and the, and it's such a silky beautiful uh, color to look at and the texture is amazing and and it is it does feel like a super super gift of from nature and um yes yeah, you know it's protected as well so 
you know, it's hard to get into. And then, then when it's ready, it lets off that beautiful smell. And then nothing's going to stop you getting through that shell. So Exactly. And the yeah. thing with durian and champadak, lobster's great. Like coral trout's good too. But lobster, everyone says, yeah, it's great. You just fry it in butter and garlic. What doesn't taste good fried in butter <laughs> and garlic? Yeah, I'll pay that. Yeah, <laughs> Whereas yeah. a durian or a champadak, you just open that fruit straight off the tree or at the right maturity and you just dip your finger in it and it's absolutely heaven mm. on earth straight away. Mm. You don't have to do anything with it. Whether chefs will do anything with it, they could because they could have different, there could be a, a tasting of different types, just a small amount on the plate. Yeah. So the average Aussie can try a bit further and same with Champadec maybe. I'm sure there'd be creative ways they could do it, but there's a black sapote we talked about. We're getting inquiries from Germany for black sapotes. They want yeah. to really do something with it. They want air containers at a time full of it. Wow. And yet, this, Adelaide, we can sell them well, but in Queensland, you're flat out selling them. And I think could be two reasons. Growers pick it too early so they don't ripen properly and consumers get stuffed up, and that should never happen. That the is calyx a problem. Lifters, so bad growers is a, a, a real issue for industry as well. Yeah. The calyx lifts off the fruit, it will ripen. It's fairly idiot-proof to get it right. Yes. And black sapote, we use it a fair bit. It's a it's a great product, and the Germans are probably going to be ahead of us on this. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, rip it apart, eat it like a dessert again yeah. as, a, as a spoon. and After dinner dessert, I have. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't, um, you know, I think we've got so used to high sugar, yeah. you know, like traditional type sugar, that we're looking for that flavour. But when you're looking for a mild, subtler flavour, you can't actually go past one of those things. And I think if you bring, you know, people are trying to bring their kids up where, um, you know, not giving them too much sugar. I think that these fruits um, are, are a fantastic yeah. thing and everyone should be using them. And I cannot believe that there's not these things that haven't been put into packets already. Like, I feel like they could all be, they don't have to do anything with them. Yeah. You know, like it's a hundred percent thing. And, you know, as much as I don't want to see this go into packets, you know, no one has that idea, please. But, you know, this, their fruit should be just eaten. It's in its own packet. But we really, you know, should be eating more and feeding more of that because that sugar level is about the right where it should be. Yeah, and it's a winter fruit and it freezes well, so it could be extended. Yeah, not, okay. not a lot of fruits in wintertime. You can't get a black sapote now mm. fresh. Do but you... Alison, we do it on farm tours when we do it. Alison makes a black sapote mousse with a little bit of cream, and mm. we could use coconut cream instead of normal cream, and dairy cream, and a little bit of Kalua or cream de menthe in it. And I still remember one young fella who you'd think wouldn't eat fruit much, and he said, I could eat a bucket of that. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just took it on board, but everyone likes it. It's a, it's a great, simple thing, but, yeah, it could be more widely used. You don't see it. We never see it in local restaurants. Yeah. Like, there's any local stuff is virtually never in local restaurants here. Cairns, Noon in Cairns. Yeah. Nick Holloway does a fair bit. Yep, doing a podcast with him tomorrow. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, no, a good he, guy. he's doing. He's been doing it for a fair while. Yeah, yeah, but it's pretty few more done. You like breadfruit chips. I'm, oh, McDonald's I'm, do breadfruit chips in the Caribbean. Are you joking? Yeah, as a you imagine breadfruit McDonald's doing breadfruit chips in Cairns as a tourist draw card. They are fools if they don't McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> and I just ran through the paddock because we're pushing for time today. I'm good with that. I, did you time this so the other guys have to do the fruit? No, they'll be. Or? They're doing it. They'll be right. That's actually good because Warren. He usually helps me, yeah. But Alison helps in there, and with Ethan there, it's all good. They'll hang. Yeah, 
Yeah, good. Yeah, so don't now, that was actually don't part hurry. of our plan. So you got to sit out here in the sun. Now we're sitting out. There's a little bit of sun coming through here. Um, I, we're filming it, so I can't make up any stories. Uh, but looking the other way, not with the camera, there's these beautiful mountains, and the mist is sitting over the mountains. It was raining all the way here. We got here. I got my yeah. raincoat out, and it stopped. And we've had this beautiful, beautiful. It, could, it tropical. was pouring until you got here, and then yeah. it just stopped. Almost. You must have a. You must have influences beyond what we. Can yeah, see we did organise something, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> What are the big wins you've had? Can you tell us about where we are? Okay, we're, I've already told them. We're just south of Cairns. No, no, no the, the environment. I just did. I said we're just looking at the mountains and the mist. You tell us where we are. Tell us what it is, Nick. It's beautiful. Okay. It was an old flock. I can enlarge on that, Nick. Yeah, good. We bought it as a flogged-out old cane farm. Uh, 220 acres total in, prop, in, in total. 160 acres is rainforest, which we drove up through yeah, some of the orchards yep. in there where the house is. Uh, all the rows ran downhill, so bad soil erosion, and we got rid of all the cane and we we built it up nicely. But it is a pretty good environment. It's a different soil type. It's uh, it's the only existing corridor from the Great Barrier Reef or the sea, the coast to the to the Great Divide, which is continuous rainforest corridor on the back part of our block. Very high cassowary population, even though we haven't seen one today yet, but they are, and it's um yeah, it's a pretty good spot. They ever attack you or chase you? Uh, they often chase, Alison got chased the other day because they chase the dog. Right. They automatically go for a dog and if the dog runs behind you, they run towards you. Yeah. But I had an experience, I don't know if you've got time to talk about it. I've got time for you. I was in the bananas working one day. We grow plantains and red dacas at the yeah. time. And I heard this noise, If I don't know if you remember, Crocodile Dundee is one of my favourite movies of all time. The first one. Yeah. You know, in the start of with a chopper, you could hear the thump of the chopper. Dunk, 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 dunk coming closer and it's coming straight at you in that first scene and you hear the, th- the throb oh, yeah. of the rotors getting yeah. closer I could hear that I think dum, 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 dum. it's getting closer and closer and louder and louder and it was so loud in the end and I was still looking out past the bananas to look look for this chopper that was coming and then it was if you're in a band where the, the base yep. is so close you can hardly breathe yep it was that loud and I just leaned around the banana tree and there's a castle where it's head down towards me and it's all its feathers pumped up this is three metres away, drumming as they do. It's the way they signal in rainforest because that's heavy. They make the, the lowest sound of any bird in the world and it carries through dense forest. And this drumming it was making, it didn't know I was there and I didn't know it was there till that time and it's just a surreal experience. And it saw me and I saw it and we both headed in different directions. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they sometimes, they're a big bird. Mm. And sometimes they'll eye you off as if to say, you want to go? Mm. Yeah, you're, you're, you're serious? You mm. want this? Or you want so a piece of me? Yeah. <laughs> so the best way we think is we just sort of do our thing and we just ignore them. Let them do their thing. Yep. But they're generally not aggressive. The male we've got here is really, he's a really good father. He's just got one chick at the moment. He raised three to full size last year, so they're everywhere at the moment. But they're an amazing animal, yeah. It is. It does feel like um, we're in paradise or the Garden of Eden or, you know, it's called Fruit Forest Farm. But I do feel like it's um, it's it's just a stunning part of the world. I feel like I'm healthy just breathing the air here, you know, like there's just green everywhere. How did you go through the drought? Did it did it affect you too much? Yeah, good question, Graham. And it, it's, it's a good day today and, well, every day is good. I take it. You take the good with the bad, and old Cocky told me once, and he's pretty right. But it was hard. Like, yeah, we've only got a thousand gallon hour bore as our bottom line, so that board never stopped, and it was juggling water from block to block to carry through. Yeah. So what we call a drought's nothing like cow cockies in that go through, where they just 
have to wait for rain. We can at least irrigate if we can juggle our water enough, which I feel good about. But at the last two years, we thought last year was the driest year we'd ever see, and then this one, the 2019 season, topped it off again. So it seems to be getting worse. I think um, it's Queensland. We're, Queenslanders are tough. We do take it as it comes. We get invigorated by our, our terrain and our climate, I'm convinced. Mm. Like, it's so wild... It's dramatic this time of year, as they say. We get cyclones, we get friggin' floods, and we get storms, but we enjoy a beer at the end of the day. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Particularly on your beautiful veranda <laughs> down there, yeah. which is probably one of the nicest places I've ever seen that you... Um, do you build that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, a, what a great place to finish the day with a beer there. Mm. And what big wins have you had? Like, what's just something you've done that's gone, oh, my God, that's heaps better than I ever expected it would be? Yeah. Cyclone Larry was, I hit some low places after that. And these people with bushfires, you're all right while the adrenaline's going. Mm. When there's a natural disaster, it's like being in a battle zone, I would say. You just run on adrenaline 24 hours a day. Then you hit, it runs out, the adrenaline runs out and you hit the wall big time. There will be people suffering out there from the bushfires. The worst is yet to come for them. Mm. But once I know that I could survive that, and some people don't, you basically, you think, I've reached bottom, it's all upwards from here. So when Yasi came, which was a Category 5, and we got the, the eye for 40 minutes, which was a surreal thing because we got out, it was 20 past midnight, and we came out, the wind just dropped, and we came out, and it was the clearest sky I've ever seen probably, and the cro frogs are croaking because the forest by then was just smashed with 300 km an hour winds in one direction. Then you could, after that 40 minutes, you could hear the roar because it's full speed coming from the other side. So that's when people get caught out if they go too far from shelter. And we went back inside and we got flogged for the rest of the night virtually. And um, biggest cyclone in living memory to hit Australia. So that was pretty big. There's no old timers can say, oh, I, I remember the day. The Yasi was a big one. Yeah. So we got a direct hit. Things we'd done from uh, after Larry was... Um, Yeah, okay, go, mate. <coughs> Hang in there, mate. As I was saying to Nick, <laughs> <laughs> Hang in there, mate. The best view from our house was the day after Yassi, because you could see everywhere. Yeah, it was totally open. But the best, the best view of all was. Mate, I can feel the passion in you that made me nearly cry before when I did a video on a piece of fruit. I could feel the love that you have for this place, and. I can tell you, and undoubtedly, I'm sitting here while you're talking, going, this is by far the best podcast we've ever done. And I think you'll agree, Nick. And, and I can tell you, I don't know what happens here, but the emotion is, is, is really, really high. And I think that's you know, partly why the, you know, you, the love that you guys put into this is, is really, really amazing. Mm. And, I, and I, I'll say it again. When I got here before and I walked up to you and you made me feel so welcome, you're one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life, and um, I know I've only known you for a little while. And you're telling me the story, and you're, and you're, and it's deeply passionate to you. And I do thank you for 
for trying to share this emotional moment with you. And we can laugh it off with a bit of some beers to calm this down. But, yeah. um, no, but tell me, tell me yeah, this beautiful Yeah, the best view I've ever seen. I, I got out on the landing and I looked down over the south soft block where we were before, where the purple sugar apples are. And I could see, because we copped a lot of knocker, knockers when we started trellising and people said, oh, you won't get another cyclone and it won't work. And we've had a fair bit of criticism over the years, but... I looked down on that block and I could see all the trees still there and I thought, you beauty, it's worked. We've come out the good side of a Category 5. That block, six months later at the Tully Show, July, we won champion fruit of the show with two big sowsops. Wow. And we didn't lose a single tree off that block out of 450. Oh, my God. So there's well over a 1,000 trees in that block now. So that was that was an amazing... You are the man, huh? You got a great family here and a, I don't know, is this a business or what? It's just a, a big lot of tropical love. Well, it's the same as you, Graeme. We enjoy what we do and others, you know, it's, I think that's important. It's a family farm and I think the corporates, so I'm, I'm confident the corporates and the big, the big players can never beat us because they don't have the passion that we do have. Mm. It's like being a chef. Like chefs, they always talk about they put love into what they cook. Mm. When we pack a box of fruit, we try and do that. Mm. And that's if that passes through to the customer and that confidence, that's if people get us to say, gee, that was a great box of Ramutans or that's great jackfruit or whatever, that makes us feel good. Same as a chef would feel good about getting a compliment on a meal. We're not far between us, you know. It is hard, you know, like with um, you know, with work these days for chefs, you know, like that, that they sort of try to restrict them to 42, 45 hours and... And I, and I know that they don't necessarily stop work when they leave the actual place, but, um, you know, I know that my wife does travel stuff. All she thinks about is travel, and I, and I do the fruit thing, and that's all I think about is, is the fruit thing, and you're forever working. So to be able to do something that you love mm. uh, is such a privilege, and we, we are very, very fortunate, even with the, you know, the cyclones and all the, all the, the challenges that we've had. Know, being able to do something, and the people that we've met, even Nick, you know, Nick's only been with us a, a little while, and, and we've just met, met some really beautiful people and experienced some mm. super new that you should be paying me, Nick, actually. From now. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting game, and Candice from Skybury Papaya and Coffee up on the tablelands probably summed it up to a degree. Somebody said, what's the key things about farming or fruit growing? And she said, um, you've got to eliminate or reduce variables as best you can and that's what we do with our trellising because cyclones are our biggest threat but there are other threats out there but we try and do that anything that stops us producing good fruit we're trying to eliminate or reduce the damage and the other thing is be prepared to take hard knocks is the other thing she said mm. and that's pretty right you got to expect it and we do on a fairly regular basis we sort of um, I see other people get stressed about something going wrong and I just think I'm always proactive and positive, as you would be, I don't doubt, not having met you long ago, but I'm sure you would be. We just try and work out, what are we got to do? How are we going to fix this? How are we going to make it better? The world doesn't wait for us, let's go. Mm. The opportunities are endless. Yes. So, and the and opportunities are really endless. That's what keeps us excited, because we see all these different fruits, and it's basically a distraction often, because we think, God, look at this. What can we do with this? This is just so good. 
<laughs> and then we think, no, <laughs> we haven't got enough time. <laughs> when are we going to fit it in? You're going to ring Graham and say, mate, get on the plane, get up here, we're doing something with this. How many hours yeah. drive is it from Brisbane, just in case we've got to... Bring a truckload back. <laughs> too, too many. <laughs> yeah. well, that's a great thing. Transport's pretty good now. Eh? Like we we put this stuff today is um, we haven't even loaded it yet. Well, they're on time actually. We'll be heaps of time. We go on Lindsay Transport, mm-hmm. and it'll be in Brisbane on Sunday afternoon. It's yeah. great. Australia's a great country. So today's Friday for anyone who doesn't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's just a couple of days down there, and then we'll have it off, and we'll be doing videos and. Instru- I really can't say too much apart from congratulations on such an amazing property you know like you know the fruit is already amazing and i thought we'd really talk probably more about the fruit today but um you know you've given us some you know real inspiration about how to, how to battle through and life isn't always good it's sometimes tough and um you know to go with the flow and um work hard and love your wife and yeah a lot uh, of the old a lot of the old um sayings too mum used to say quite a few sayings there's an old Irish cane or Irish descended cane farmer Bernie O'Kane had a few good ones and one that stuck with me the difference between a good farmer and a bad farmer is about three days <laughs> and that's very true you know things are timely so if it's a weekend or holidays you can't often you, sometimes you just can't stop mm. but um, um, what was the other one he used to say oh best fertilizer farmers footprints just getting a feel for it you know yeah and that's where chefs and that you should bring a chef tour oh, up sometime we're doing it yeah. just because if chefs saw the stuff grow on the tree and tasted it like we have today yeah. and just saw it, they'd think, yeah, I can do that. You know, there's very imaginative people yeah. out there, right? Oh, we're going to be back and Nick and I are going to film as much, so we're going to try and push it through the camera like we did with that, you know, yeah. Champadak today. And it was, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's too many people here and, you know, <laughs> Donnie the lab here, you know, everyone jumping in on top <laughs> of me. I was afraid you thought he was thinking he's our Uber driver today, but he's a legend. <laughs> And, uh, he's great. Yeah, yeah, I like his first reaction to some of these fruits he's yeah, never seen before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tying that in with what you've just said with bringing chefs up. The Feast of the Senses held in Innisfail yeah. every year thus far. This year they've got a, it's a pivotal one. If they don't make enough to make it pay for itself, it won't be again. It's on the river this year, and that's the Feast of the, the Smells and the Taste, and it's in late March, which is the ultimate time for the biggest range of tropical stuff. And it's something we're going to be. It's a Sunday market thing. It's great. It's the only time Fruit Forest Farm does a fruit stall, and it's like a gathering of the clan. Everyone who from far and wide comes and says, "Oh, what do you got? Oh, you got durian. What's this one taste like?" It's amazing interaction. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm definitely going to be here for that, Um, and we'll have to make sure this podcast comes out soon. Uh, Mm. A lot of them we've done, and they they don't come out for two months. But um, we'll make sure this one's fast tracked and put in there so that we can get people to that if you think it's going to be potentially the last one it's I'd a, hate to see that because that's a real turn and uh um, we lose it because it's gradually got better and better each time it's just the government's funded it and they're going to pull the funding right full, pull the back up which is a shame because regional areas need a bit of a hand up often eh we really well, it do it hard sometimes particularly like we said with this products you know like it's super it's there unique. needs to be loads of education with it yeah. and i and i know a few school teachers and i know a few things but i think with our phones we spend our life on them these days i think we might be able to push some stuff through there and mm. hopefully get to the people um yeah so that's what once again we'll be trying to do i know that you are busy and i know you've been absolutely really generous with your time nick have i missed anything i don't want to miss anything today I just want to know if there's something you're really excited about coming out soon. Oh, Nick, there is really. Yeah, that's um. You mean fruit, different fruits? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do remember one question too. 
Well, it was interesting today. When I picked those jackfruit yesterday, I thought, with you fellas coming today, and these are first fruit off a tree that I've been growing for probably five years, that's a pretty big what deal. Big and it's sort of fruit. like opening your toys on Christmas morning when you're a kid. <laughs> and they didn't, uh, were they, they weren't necessarily better than the ones we've already got, but they're still in the ballpark. And that's always exciting because we've got seedling stuff. And the champadex, we've got a lot of seedling champadex, which is my second favourite fruit. I didn't go through the top ten, oh, by we the didn't. way. Yeah, we, oh, well, let's do that. We were talking about stay here all day. <laughs> yeah, they've got the shed in hand. Um, those, two are, those two are definite favourites, but I like a nice custard apple or sugar apple. I've got a sweet tooth. The sugar apple is the purple one that looks like a custard apple. There's a green sugar apple as well. Yeah. So a custard apple that you're familiar with, like the pink's mammoth or the yeah. African pride, they're yeah. a cross between a sugar apple and a cherimoya. So they're, they're sort of a hybridised ring. So they're part, one of their parents is the sugar apple. A lot of the old sugar apples were pretty seedy, but they're, they've got a, they're sweet and they're, you know, custard apple's probably one of my favourites. But then a good pomelo. We looked at the pomelos. Oh, Graham, yeah. those K15s, like when you open one in the paddock to test it, like we're trying today, but when I'm there and I, I cut one and I just can't stop it they're a pretty big fruit and i just have to eat the whole thing on the spot <laughs> that's that's a sort of good fruit so it's hard to sort of point to favorites totally but i think it depends on the season and the mood you're in and that's the beauty of the different fruits there's so much diversity you mightn't always feel like an apple or an orange but in the tropical fruit lines there's so much stuff like we just, uh, mangosteens I probably should like more than I do, but we generally, even the crew, we eat, we eat more, you'll have some good rambutans from us this year, picked at their prime, and a good rambutan is hard to beat, and the shed crew will eat them from the start to the finish and they don't get sick of them, mm. whereas some fruits you have a kilo or so and you've sort of had enough for the year, but rambutan sort of carries through. I'm excited about the Sonkoya, which you filmed. We haven't tasted an Australian Sonkoya before, and we brought the seeds from from Costa Rica and planted those trees and didn't know how to make them fruit because we didn't know how to pollinate them. So those are the first fruit. I'm looking forward to that. And there's durian for years. We've got Trina's just been to Borneo. She's bought, she knows her fruit because she's worked here for 15 years and knows the best. She's bought brought new durian seed in of different different wild durians so we'll be planting them they're in the nursery now we'll be planting them she did it legally by the way <laughs> um as they will be in the paddock as we all do yeah they'll be in the paddock so they'll be you know you're talking five to ten years but in in our lifetime we'll see some phenomenal stuff come out of north queensland eh? just the different champadex and durians alone without all the other things She's brought the good daboys in, the 35 ringgit a kilo one, which is a very expensive fruit in Malaysia. Uh, they're quite nice. So, yeah, I'd say I'd pick the top two as durian and champadec, and then there's a fair few that come close, eh? Uh, Mammy Sapota, you're not a fan? Uh, it wouldn't be in the top ten, but I do. A good Mammy Sapote, I do like it because of that rich... Explain the flavour. Yeah, so it looks like a big man, big brown furry oh. mango on the outside. Maybe? It's sort of you cut it. It's a fairly sweet potato, ready orangey. Yeah. It's got a sweet. I think people that it is a sweet potato, pumpkiny sort of taste, but it's richer than that, isn't it? Mm, it's a lot yeah. more depth than that. Yes. So it's uh, obviously creamier as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I the first time I had it, I wasn't expecting 
it. And I am a, I'm a big fan of like the American pumpkin pie. Like I think that's a, so that's that's yeah, a, that's sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A good uh, mango's hard to beat. We've got different mangoes here. This this tree there, the Manalagi, which me, give me another one. Of, where's the next one? A mate of mine brought that seed back from Bali in probably the 70s, actually. And that's that's my favourite mango, that. It's only just started fruiting because mangoes don't grow very well here. And Lindsay Gassick from uh, Durian fame, and she travels the world eating durians. She said it's her favourite, the Manalagi. Doesn't look any good, and that's where we've got to change. People go for colour too much. Yes, and that's once again through the education. Rather than the flavour, yeah. There, there's a million things on the farm, there's a load of bananas, you've got torch ginger, we saw vanilla bean, we saw, you know, we haven't even spoken about the dragon fruit, the ice cream bean, which we saw down the back, <laughs> the big... Um, well, the biggest jackfruit, jackfruit we've ever picked, you've been here, 35 plus so, kilos. So today, <laughs> we got to name a jackfruit, Yeah. we cut the biggest jackfruit that you've ever had, um... We have been so privileged to be yeah. able to see the first of these fruits that you've been growing for five years, and we get up here today and... Um, and they're ready at that yeah, time, yeah. yeah. Must have been meant to be, eh? Yeah. Absolute pleasure to meet you face-to-face, -face. and like I said, I heard lots Thank of wonderful you, things about you and your family, and a privilege to be here. I am definitely going to be back multiple times with multiple different people. Yeah. I look forward to the challenge of inspiring loads of people um, to try and work with these amazing products. So... Thank you. They all need to meet you and your family. Uh, that will be a lesson for them all. So, Thanks, Graham. And just full credit to you and your crew for doing what you are, connecting the farmers with the with the consumers and the, the chefs. Not many people do it that we see. People talk about doing it, but they don't actually do it. So that's a lot of credit should go to you. To, to get Queensland on the map, we haven't had anyone from Sydney or, or Melbourne or Perth or Adelaide up here with the same passion and purpose and interest and vibe that you've had so that's that's good to see and i think it we've got to diversify away from iron ore and coal in queensland we do oh. have a lot of other stuff and what you're doing is a big step towards it we we should be the food capital of the world if we yeah we have that potential eh? and that thing in innisvale cannot fail we need to feast of the senses yeah. it's got to keep going i agree it's yeah. the tropical you know you have a good thing in the sunshine coast or yeah yeah you, you, you do it fantastically down there yeah but this is the North Queensland version. Yes. Well, yeah. I'll be here every year that it's on. I'm going to really get behind that and support it. Thank you so much again. You are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was one of the most remarkable conversations I've ever had with a grower. So much passion. So much love for what he does. I'm sure you enjoyed it as much as we did. Thank you very much. More podcasts coming soon. Catch you on the next one.